And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. And I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I'm excited we're going to talk about the role of health and being able to live our best lives because often we overlook those health signals and or our mindset signals that are telling us to slow down and that we don't have to go with what culture is telling us as far as the speed in the way we live. Hi, today I'd like to welcome to the show Gosha Nagy. She is a practical well creator. She helps people find a sweet spot between their effort and their optimal health so they can show up fully for their lives. And she has a podcast coming out in the next month called Well and Beyond. I'd like to welcome her today. Hi, Gosha. Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Can you share a little bit more with the listeners about your backstory and how you, what your, what was your journey like in order to get to this point? So I was a very healthy person when I started my life. When I started enjoying my life, I was fulfilling all my dreams. All was going well. And then somewhere along the way, I found myself increasingly canceling things one by another, whether professionally or socially or within my family. And um, I've been around under stress. I just moved to another country. I was looking forward to go back to my corporate job after I had a baby. And all that, I realized one day that it's either my daughter is sick with cold and flus or I'm having a cold or flu or a slip disc or indigestion or some other story. And, and this is where I arrived at, oh my God, I got to do something about it. And I started doing that. And as I was doing it, taking care of myself, looking after my wellness, only to get back to where I was before, to be back in, in life, to show up again in my own life. This is where I figured out that there's so many other people suffering and having the same challenges I did on a bigger or smaller scale. And I've decided to start helping them out. And that's how I arrived where I'm now. I'm curious, why do you think we get to that point where so many things are going on with us? You know, maybe our body's sending us signals, our mind sending us signals, but are we ignoring them? Are we just kind of pushing them aside? Why we get to this point where we have all the stress going on and maybe we're not caring for our bodies the way we should? I think this is how the society, how the culture we live in, this is how we are shaped. We are told to show up no matter what. The school environment, when you're a student, unless you're really sick, you're supposed to show up. And then there is also the appetite for life, right? We, we are living in a culture of increasing the pleasure and just enjoying life. And that's what we spend most of time and money on at the moment as a, as a society. And I think we also try to fulfill so many roles and some of them are not necessarily the roles that we are well suited for. And therefore, they cost us more. Yeah. That's and, this is, and we don't recover from this. 
and the fast pace that we're living in, in order to perform to achieve the success level from what it is around. We all want to be at, at the highest level because we don't consider for ourselves the success. Maybe our success is not as high because for us, the success is another balance, is that much of professional success uh, and not that much, not much more. Uh, but we need something else. So it's about, I think it's also about being, not being true to yourself, not being yourself, not recognizing your needs. This is on a big picture. And in the small picture, we don't feel. As children, we feel when we are out of balance. That my daughter, <laughs> when she was tired, she would fall asleep with her food in her mouth. This is when she said, I'm done. This is too much. I need a break. As adults, you know, we drink the coffee and we say, I need to stay up another hour to finish the movie or whatever it is that we you're doing. Or mothers need to stay up to look after the children. So, yeah, we don't recognize when we've come too, too far. And maybe in the short term, we can do that. But in the long term, it causes troubles in our bodies. Yeah. And I think one thing that you sort of, you were alluding to is that we aren't, what we're not doing is stopping and keep asking ourselves, what is right for me instead of what is culture and society. And even if we have a corporate job, what is it telling me that I need to be and what I need to do and how quickly I need to move instead of saying, hold on, maybe I don't want all of those things or I only want part of those things. Is, is part of it that we're not actually asking ourselves what would make us fulfilled and what would make, what would, be, what, what would our life look like for us? We'd find that alignment. If we look at this and we decide, this is my alignment, this is what me inside, what I desire or what is the balance for me, the desire of the soul and the heart or the ambition, whatever you call it, might be in conflict or not exactly aligned with what your physical body needs. So I like to look at those things from the perspective of your physicality. Your body needs to sleep. Your body needs fuel. It needs uh, water. And then you have the aspect of mindset. And then you have the aspect of the something. And the something is the happiness. It's the fulfillment. It's doing what you love. But even if you're doing what you love and you could spend 24 hours reading books or interviewing people, if you don't take care of your physical body while you're doing what you love, your body will probably withstand a lot comparing to if you were doing something that you don't enjoy that much. But you still need to look after your body. Yeah. So how do we get there? How do we look at everything we're, we're doing and start living better so that we are wholly starting to heal and coming from a place that we're healthy, both you know mentally, physically, spiritually. So I like to think about this, that when do you feel you were at your best health and your best well? And usually most of my clients, this is somewhere between 17, so teenage, if they mature enough, so when they were teenagers, up to maybe 30. A lot of times with women, this is until they had their first baby. And 
when you could tap to that feeling and remember how it felt to have that body, that's your baseline. And just realizing how different you feel now in your, how your body feels differently comparing to what it was then. It's a huge step for our mindset to realize things are a little bit off at the moment. Yeah. Do you have advice for people to start looking at that and then things we can do that can help us in this area? My advice is to take your body on holidays. And that's what I like to do with my clients. I think we should do holidays for our body as often as we take ourselves for holidays. But this is the time not to go and be crazy and eat crazy food or or do things that are out of ordinary. How about thinking about holidays as the time that you give your body the ideal fuel, food, you give it enough rest, which is mostly sleep. You can think about taking a meditation practice, but truly to take your body on holidays. And when you think about it, when you take really nice and relaxing holidays, when you come back, how you feel, you feel energized. You can take the whole world on because you just took a break. How about taking our body, the physical body on holidays like that and fuel it perfectly? for seven days and sleep enough for seven days. And then you've got your baseline to start from. You don't have to be extreme in what you are eating and how you're considering this, but make sure you really get plenty of water or sleep enough or that you have nothing to stress about or that you experience only things that are pleasant or that you only do things slowly and that your food is just plenty of fruit and vegetables and you skip for a starter for the beginners you just skip your junk food yeah I think that's that is amazing and first of all I love that you call it a holiday I guess we could think of it as look we might not be able to go to the spa where they provide these amazing healthy meals for you and it is very quiet and peaceful but we can pencil those into our schedule regularly and to your point it's it's doable because what we're really saying is Let's make it a week where it'll be easy for our body to digest those foods. And we know it will nourish us. It will let our mind get calm and relaxed. And then it will just let our body, right? The nervous system and things start to have a reset because we're not over scheduling. And we're, like you said, we're not staying up late binging on Netflix or something else. So I love that idea. Do you recommend people do this a certain number of times per year? Or is there any other advice on how how people schedule this in? I think the most important thing is to do it as often as it works for you and doesn't cause additional stress. And also how far you go, how ideal your holidays is. It's, It's also about how, where is the line? And this is individual for anybody, for everybody, to make sure that this is not a source of additional stress. So I do it four times a year. And then I try to stretch it a little bit longer, but I'm already, so a little, I'm trying to stretching it. So seven days, I probably do it for three weeks. Sometimes in the summer is super time for me because I have very little to do. Kids are on holidays. So I try to stretch it for four to six weeks. 
and you're still fueling your body. It's just the food is ideal or close to the ideal food. So that works for me very well. But even a day or two could be beneficial. Yeah. You also asked about how to how to start. So this may be a concept that is a little a big step, but then you really see the baseline. There is also, you know, how you were cooking the frog slowly as you were as one gets a little bit unwell day by day and is slowly getting the thousand paper cuts. How about doing it reversing that tendency and finding one thing that is no questionable, good for your body. So we're not talking going gluten-free or vegan or this or that. No, no, no. We're talking how about start drinking your water. We all know we need to consume a certain amount of water. What a great start. How about having a little salad if you're not doing that already with every single meal? How about drinking a green smoothie every morning? instead of having whatever it is that you're having for breakfast. This concept of adding the salad or having a smoothie, it's called crowding out. So you slowly pick one healthy habit and you just get serious about that one little thing. And over time that will add up too. And I gave you some tips about what could be the, the little habits that are relatively easy. Another tip that I could suggest now it's a little bit maybe difficult with the lockdowns in many places. But once we are back to restaurants, and a lot of people do that or do takeaways, before you order your food, just having a thought, and you've done nothing. You don't have to shop. You don't have to do anything. You just need to think about it. What am I going to eat today that is going to fuel my body? Because mostly we go to a restaurant, we look at the menu, what do I feel like eating? What my taste buds want? Well, our taste buds want what we had before, what we had yesterday. If you have cheese today, if you have chocolate today, there are micro pieces of that chocolate will stay on your tongue. And tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to taste. And the taste is so little. You don't even know you're tasting the chocolate or the sugar. And you will crave it again. Because your body, your, the nervous system is tasting it on your, on your taste buds and it's saying, oh, this is good. This is good. Give me more. Okay. So instead of considering not eating with your taste buds, looking to satisfy your body yeah. and not your taste. So have a party for the taste buds every so often. <laughs> I like that. A daily food is fuel. And you want that to be the best fuel for you, for whatever you do, whatever, whatever your life is. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I, I think you're right. It's a lot easier to say, I'm going to pick up one healthy habit and then try to add to those instead of saying, oh, I'm just going to cut out all this stuff I shouldn't have at one time. Right. Let's add in. Like you said, start with the water, start with more fruit, you know, maybe a smoothie. And then we can build on it as that becomes a habit. And as we start to say, gosh, I feel a little better, probably because I'm more hydrated or I'm, you know, giving myself a little bit better food. So just to um, give you an example of what water can do and what I'm seeing as results, a lot of people are dehydrated. Were they not hydrated enough? It affects your skin. 
So if you drink enough skin, your skin gets more clear, your skin gets brighter, your eyesight improves a little bit, the way your eyes are looking, that will get better. All the stuff that the smell of your body will get better. The uh, whole digestive process will get better. All the toxins will be having easier way out. And they don't have to be heavy poisoning, heavy metal stuff. No, no, no. We're talking the side effects of the regular metabolism of the healthy stuff that also needs water. The byproducts of our normal, very good uh, metabolism or the beautiful power plant, which is our body, that needs water. That's such an important thing for us to remember. And so let me ask you, how did you decide to step into this? You, I think you had a corporate job, right? I think you mentioned that. But how did you say, you know what, this, I need to design my life a little bit differently. Do you want to talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit? Absolutely. So as I was coming, as I decided that, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be sick with a flu, flu or cold 12 times in a year. And that was the case. This was the case that my daughter was never longer in a kindergarten than two weeks in a row. I've made a decision. This is not how it's going to happen. This is not how we're going to live. And I pulled first my health. And it took me quite a few years to, to get to, to the point that I can say I'm really well. And then I looked at the, this was very calculated on my side. I decided, so if I want to now go back and have a career that I like and be successful, what does that mean? Can, what career can I have and sustain this, this level of wealth? And I am very demanding about my wealth. So for me, if I'm not well, if I'm just a little bit unwell, I'm done. I'm not a mother. I'm not, I'm not a good uh, wife. I am my friends, the role of a friend is non-existent. And definitely I can't make any success professionally. So I've decided this is what's going to drive my decision about career, that I can be well and sustainably well. And so I've decided to be an entrepreneur so I can set my own hours, decide on my own schedule, And also, you know, when I talked about when you do what you love, you can do it for a little bit longer or more extensively comparing to something that is maybe not as something that you are not as passionate. This this is where I decided this is what I'm going to do, that I'm going to help people who feeling how I felt figure out that quicker. That's fantastic. And I think you're right. So many people... Whether it's like you said, it's dying a death of a thousand paper cuts, you know, all those little things that our body and our minds telling us, we know we're overtired or we're worn out or we don't feel like we have energy. We're not maybe eating right. We know we're grabbing the quick thing, which a quick thing can be healthy. Often we'd still choose the junk or made a bad choice. But the point is, is some people, it's all the little things. If you really look at that, it's, it, it really is a, oh, state of unwellness. And for other people, it's a really big health hurdle, right? Or health challenge you're going through. But it seems if someone's having a large health challenge or health crisis, they're more likely to, to say, oh, hold on, I need to stop and I need to reassess and I need to decide how to move forward so I can get better. 
But when it's all the small things, it seems like we ignore that. We, we don't, we want to kind of push it to the side because we think, oh, I can still keep going. I'll just power through, right? Yeah. Just power through. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, I love that you're trying to help people. They don't necessarily have to get to that health crisis situation. It's if you really stop and assess your life and how you feel every day, and you'll start to see those signals that this maybe isn't how it has to be. It can be so much better. You know, yes. for instance, you don't even have to be getting sick all the time. You can just know, gosh, my heart rate's always high, or I feel stressed out all the time, or when I, I can't sleep well, right? So it can be any of these signals, but that's not how we were designed, right? We were designed that it shouldn't be such a busy, crazy schedule, but our culture has told us that this is acceptable, even when it's yes. not. And we have to decide to stop it. So I also wanted to touch very quickly basis about how we define this well, you know, it's because I believe that a lot of us are going through life in the suboptimal level of wellness. And it's not, and what we consider healthy, if we go to a doctor and you would be considered healthy, you might be not in your optimal state of wellness. And a lot of the issues I was faced with, I was told you need to learn to live with that. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you're perfectly healthy, Mrs. Nagy. So, and I refused to accept that. So I believe that there is, we can up a little bit from that healthy, where their medicine, especially the Western medicine, considers us healthy, and we are being told, come back when it gets worse or acute. And that level that is that wellness, that feeling really great. And that little gap, when we are younger, when we are in our teenage years, or in our early 20s, can be compensated by what Chinese call the chi. And other systems of health have different names, but this is using our life force. So how about just taking care of our bodies and bringing, being at the well, and then we don't have to go at the acute state to the doctor. I think that brings up the point that we have to be our own advocates in our lives. I mean, for our careers or if we start a business, but also for our health and for our lifestyle. But we have to realize that we're in control of that. No one else knows our body like we do. You know, so like you said, a doctor, they're, they're only looking at certain things, but we know when we don't feel well, we know when something feels off or our gut's telling us this isn't like you talked about earlier, this isn't manageable. I can't maintain this. I can't go at this speed forever, but we need to listen to those things and and before it's too late. And by too late, I mean, we end up at the doctor and they say, now you have a serious health problem, like a big one that can't be reversed as easily. Or we can cut out a piece of something, what's gone that far. And then it's this balances something else because we are whole. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't cut out anything that your doctor recommends. No, no, no. I'm saying, how about taking care of your body? So nothing reaches that stage that it needs to be cut out because it might be too dangerous. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do have a question. What about mindset? If we're realizing, you know, this is kind of this crazy pace, but where do I even start? besides maybe health changes? 
So with the mindset, I think it's, for me, this was personally how, for me, this was totally worth it. I've lost friends. I've lost career opportunities. I've lost some stuff, but I'm well. I didn't live before. My soul was was falling and crumbling because there was nothing else, just this feeling of unwell. For some people, it might not be. So maybe they don't feel this state of unwell so acutely as I did. And to those people, I say, who is the dearest person in the world that you would like to be the role model for? And this works really well for mothers or parents because the children will take on, and it doesn't matter what you say, it's what you do, it's what you eat. And it doesn't matter if you eat it at home or on the outside home. The kids know. What do you want to show your child as a role model? And when you are battling with yourself over the unhealthy stuff, how would you talk and approach your child? What would you say to your child if they were eating the stuff they shouldn't? And with the mindset as well, how about this thought? It doesn't matter what your job is, what your career is. You, If you're passionate about that, you are able to serve your clients or your employer better. You are able to show up at your work better, fully, with more to give and contribute if you really well. And if you eat well. If you drink well, if you have sufficient physical activity, you don't need to sleep as long because your the resting time is less. So at my best times when I'm doing my body holidays in the summer, I sleep five hours. That's all I need. And I used to sleep 10 hours a day because the body was is using energy for processing the food for they're not so perfect food. So I hope this helps with the approach. I also want to say that the Western medicine, it's wonderful. It saves us. Every single day, they save a lot of lives. But in the quality of the life, they there is still a long way to go. We still have a lot of to discover. And some things, we don't know why they are, but we increasingly know that the mindset influences the physicality. And one of the examples is that we know that the activation of our immune system, and thus this has been a lot in the news, is when we are stressed, we our immune system suffers. So if we are arriving with our beautiful technology, with all the things we can produce a vaccine, for, for things that we set our mind off, we measure things we couldn't measure before. What will we know in a hundred years or in 20 years about how the mindset, how the body functions, what's important? We could measure, we, we probably can't measure this yet, but we have a lot of ancient systems that we could really borrow or take, bring it and make it in our home, in our life. To help us feel better, even if it's just bit if it's not so obvious. And the mindset, so if the stress influences the immune system and how our immune cells are able to fight the pathogens, how about meditation? What does meditation can do to for us? 
What are the other things that we are not practicing that are not popular yet? Here's one thing that I know. First of all, you're right. There have been more and more studies. They're able to start studying how the body actually changes and how it can change other people in healing when we get into that, right? That flow state, that meditative state where it's, we're putting out positive thoughts and prayer. So I think it's a really interesting newer part of research and science, which is very promising. I'd also say people right now, after the last year, year and a half of COVID, yes, there was some more downtime, right? Especially at the beginning of that for many months. But what I'm finding is some people, because they're working remote, a lot more people, they are not having a appropriate amount of downtime. Their work-life balance is very skewed because they're not turning off their work. They're booking every second of a day because they don't have to drive between appointments. They're just on Zoom. So do you mm-hmm. have any last recommendations for that? You know, So for the healthy eating, we've talked about that, but maybe is it taking a break and going on a walk or things like that? Because I don't feel like people are scheduling in enough rest time. So I think it is the work time. It is scheduling. I think working hours are working hours. And we need to stick to those working hours with awareness to decide what are my hours for working. There are little tricks that you can make it more probable than otherwise. For example, if you're an entrepreneur, you use a scheduling software, how we scheduled this call, this talk, and you just give the given hours. And no, you don't work after hours. I, when I see my clients for private coaching, that's what I do. You, it's impossible to book me outside of those hours that I decided I'm going to work. Second, I always say, if you don't know what to do, just treat yourself as if you were a child. So if you were, you were, you had a child who is seven years old and that child doesn't want to sleep, doesn't want to rest. It's just working and the working is on the computer. What do you do? You make sure that the device goes to sleep or the internet goes at a certain hour. It's done. And I know you know the code. You know how to override it. But just the notion that you will have to click on your computer and say 15 more minutes and punching the code, this will make you on the subconscious level less likely to go and continue. And every single step counts. I also believe in social accountability for everything. So making appointments where you have to show up for your rest time for outside of work where and making it either on regular basis or ad hoc, doesn't matter. If you have a dinner party, if you have a walk with a friend scheduled, If you have a call with a friend where you're just sitting and enjoying a chat, but it's outside of work, and in order to not to do it, to continue working, you need to make that effort to reach out and say, sorry, I can't make it. This is, again, this is going to help you to do it less often. So you will be finishing on time. I'm seeing another trend, which is how the lockdown and working from home is adding to people's health. I'm definitely seeing it in my family. First of all, we are in full control of what's on our plate, right? So there is um, less, you need to make an effort to get out of the house or have food delivered that is not so great. 
for you, not so healthy. A lot of my clients, they cook now every single day at home, which was not the case before because they were more busy with being there and here and so on. And second, you can still have work and sometimes the work is not so involving. So today, as we're talking here, we have to be here. I have to be here. We're looking at each other's faces. But there is a lot of components of work where you have to be at the meeting, but you're not necessarily the main contributor. And the more people are in the meeting, then maybe you can switch off your camera and walk around the room. Mm -hmm. If you were seated in a conference room, this is impossible. So I'm seeing a lot of that. And I think that it's just thinking about it enough to take advantage of that situation. How am I gonna this work for me so I am better? So it adds to my wellness. Yeah, do you and understand I understand what I mean. I do, and I I think part of it is is that people have to realize that they're in control of their schedules more than they realize. And some friends that say, "Well, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a this," and they're once again they're making an excuse for their. When I say poor behavior, I just mean poor choices to not schedule in time for a, a walk or time for a break in between, a reset in between calls. And I try to encourage them. It can't, you, you can't keep that pace. But to your point, we have the power to schedule in breaks. We have the power to stop and eat a healthy salad, you know, especially if we're at home. But we have to realize it's not, this isn't a luxury. This really is essential, right? This is critical that we do these things because we won't be able to maintain it. We won't be a good, we won't be good to our clients or to our employer if we work for someone, or if we're an entrepreneur, we won't be able to give as much to, you know, those clients or our family. So I think that we have mm -hmm. to see it as this time scheduling in these, these things is, is critical. It's not a luxury. So we are not only in, I fully agree with you, and we are not only in control of our schedule, but of our environment, especially now, you are the one who decides what's in the fridge today. Whereas when you are at work and you're walking back home or you're popping out for lunch, you are not in control of the display in a, in a shop where you're grabbing your salad with the best intentions and then there is the fudge cookie next to it. And <laughs> you, you just want it because you sow it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is why not, so why not take advantage of that? If your fridge is stuck with the right stuff, you can go and grab that quick snug, right? Yeah. And with scheduling, I want to also add, if it's not scheduled, it aren't going to happen. I have in my calendar every morning, 7.30 a.m., I'm taking my dog and my child. And on the days that it's tight, it's just one time around the block. On the, time, on the days that it's not, it's we're walking. We also have a big walk in the forest schedule every Sunday. And when some things come, come up and we go, oh my God, a wedding would be so lovely, no? Or a party. But assuming it's, it's the old reality. So if it's in my calendar, it's sitting there and it says a walk before I book anything over it. It's the same mechanism psychologically. I have to make that decision to, to not do the walk, to cancel the walk with myself. I, and I do the same thing. I schedule in fitness to some extent. I schedule in, you know, lunch with a girlfriend in the evening, I, you know, walks, but I know what time I'm going to be going that night with, with a girlfriend or by myself because of my schedule for the week. But I write them all on my calendar, you know, or even when I'm going to make dinner for that night, because sometimes I'm really busy into the evening time and I know that I'm tired and I don't like, I might not want to make it. 
So I say, can I start it in the morning or can I stop at lunchtime and, and make part of the meal? But I schedule those things and I write them on my calendar so that I can make those things a priority too. I think that's really there are, there are so many ways to make it super practical. You don't have to cook every day. You cook once and you eat it three times and it's absolutely fine. And you can, it's just having the concept that, that everything needs time. I used to be also skimming on the, on the prep time. Now I am a profi. I start cooking at seven o'clock in the morning. By the time I brush my teeth in the morning and wash my face, half the lunch is half cooked and it works. Yeah. I love that. Well, wonderful. I've loved this conversation today. Gosha, can you tell us how people can find you online and how they can learn more about you and your programs? I am on Instagram at Gosha Nagy. That's G-O-S-I-A-N-A-G-Y. And this is where you can find everything I'm doing. And you can direct message me there as well. I also have a website, which is almost the same. So goshanagi.com. And I'm going to have a podcast starting, as you mentioned, at the beginning of June. It's called Well and Beyond. And this is where you can find me, get in touch. Come and check it out to find out more practical tips and how to just be well, or just a bit better. I love that. I think it's going to be a really helpful episode for so many people to hear some of these tips in the conversation we had today. So thanks again for being with us. Thank you for having me, Christine. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation today with Gosha, because whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for someone else, time and time again, I see people putting their health and their, their wellness Uh, last or at least in last place. We care for other people. We work hard. We hustle. But often what gets neglected is our health and taking care of our bodies and our mindset and everything like that. And I would leave you with this quote. When health is absent, wisdom cannot reveal itself. Art cannot manifest. Strength cannot fight. Wealth becomes useless and intelligence cannot be applied. And I think that quote by Herophilus sums it up. Without health, we can't enjoy the rest of our lives. We can't be our most creative. We can't be our most intelligent. And we can't even spend the money we're working so hard to make if we don't have health. I would just encourage you to make sure that part of defining life on your terms and part of building a life you love has to incorporate making healthy changes so we can live our best lives. Here's to health above all else. Thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.